Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I am your host, Joel Samuelson Murray. And it, considering the international break, we thought we'd take a ch- chance to uh, freshen things up a bit and try something new. Um, and we're going to be not speaking about this weekend's football or the international football that has gone by. Good. We're gonna tr- <laughs> we are going to try and uh, sort of answer a few theoretical questions about football. And um, to help me do that, I have got a familiar voice to yourselves, Dan Burke. Hello, next to me, who Hello. is the usual host. He'll be back next week, don't you worry. Uh, you're only with me for this week, don't worry about that. I've also got Lewis Ambrose with me. Good afternoon. And uh, Padraig Whelan, and we are going to be talking about... Hey, let him say hello then. <laughs> no, he's just getting he's, a chance. He's 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 you only interrupted there my introduction. So um, <laughs> before we get into talking about our favourite acts of shithousery and what rule change we would make in football, I just want to get you sort of a quick point of view on the... Uh, Jaden Sancho situation to be honest because it is a bit of a weird one like just sort of uh, sort of bring it up to date with, to everyone who's listening um, you know he's sort of been discarded from the Man United first team at the moment um, you know he's only completed uh, 19 minutes six times last season he's not really gotten to the team this season Eric Ten Hag has gone on record about sort of his you know, sort of his attitude and his determination and his work rate. Sancho's a bit back. And, you know, if you believe reports today, the sort of uh, those reports that Ten Hag has given Sancho his own personal wake-up time compared to everybody else in the Man United squad, get, trying to get him to go to training one hour earlier than everyone else, which is, you know, a, a strange anecdote. And I'll come to you on it first, Lewis, in terms of, you know, you would have watched him more than most at Borussia Dortmund. When he sort of made that move to United, you know, he paid around eighty-five million euros for him. People are expecting big, te- big things from him. Did you expect it to go well for him? Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. To be honest, uh, I think obviously going into Man United is it's not the easiest club to succeed in, or hasn't been over the last ten years or so. The number of players that have come in for a lot of money and and flat to deceive a little bit Um, and I think Manchester United probably didn't appreciate exactly what they were buying I think that summer immediately things were thrown out of whack a little bit in terms of balance of the team and dressing room personalities because surprisingly Cristiano Ronaldo ended up going back to United and then everything had to be done so that Cristiano Ronaldo was kept happy so Jadon Sancho I think was it's a, it's a player who you saw at Dortmund is, is happy to sort of share the limelight with other stars. Erling Haaland and, and him had a great relationship on the pitch and off it as well. But I think Sancho went from, you know, maybe being there at United alongside Bruno Fernandes, who had had a, a great year or so, to then also Cristiano Ronaldo. And then suddenly Sancho doesn't get the number he was told he was going to get. And the team's built a little bit more towards Ronaldo and everyone has to work a bit harder because he wasn't working against the ball and things like that. So, yeah, and I think Man United maybe, yeah, they even that aside, maybe didn't quite know what they were buying. Um, I think Jaden Sancho is... Jaden Sancho needs to buy an alarm clock. It happened at Dortmund a lot, that he'd turn up late for team meetings and stuff. There was a game in... There was a Champions League game in Barcelona that he started on the bench because he basically just did turn up for the team meeting in the hotel... Uh, I don't even know how it happens when you're all in the same team hotel. Like, be, like, I think the morning of the game, gone for a nap or whatever after breakfast or whatever it was, or in the early afternoon, uh, the team meeting was planned before they they set off to Camp Nou, and Sancho just didn't turn up. He was asleep. Um, like, this is a common thing. I think for him, I think 
I, I wouldn't I would hesitate to call him unprofessional because I think he tries really hard I think he worked really hard there was a story at Dortmund when he had a really bad run of form um, after he was linked with United the summer before he went there um, and it, he'd gone through a bad run of thorn, form and you thought maybe he didn't get his transfer going through the motions and he went into Dortmund uh, the coaching stuff and basically asked what should I do please tell me what to do I want to play better than this um, it's not right the way that I'm playing right now and they told him to just put extra work in out off the training pitch and he started going for a run around the city at like 7 in the morning every day before training and then going and doing training as well uh, and his form shot through the roof again like that's to me like that's not the behaviour of like an, an immature child but he's obviously consistently so we need to get him running the streets of Manchester yeah wow. <laughs> but, he's, but he's obviously also like at the same time like not as professional as you would like for a player yeah. that's like you're paying 75 million for Podrick we're going to let you speak now um, but how <laughs> do you kind of you <laughs> how, what's the resolution here do you, do you think Sanjo can pull it back and be a success at United or do you think it's too far gone and if he can't be a success what does he have to do or is it a Ten Hag issue you know, a new manager could come in at Man United and that could sort of G him up a little bit. What do you think happens from here? Yeah, I don't know, because obviously you've got Anthony's suspended as well now and he would have started games, I guess. So there is a space there for him if if he's willing to, like we said, put the extra work in if that's what it's going to take this time. But it seems like him and Ten Hag, the relationship's kind of might already be too far gone on that front. I don't know. Um I mean, the thing is, like you say about, can he turn it around and be a success? Like, if he was to leave Man United, you know, that's a big hit they would probably have to take on him unless he went on loan somewhere um, in January or maybe even next summer. So, I don't know. I mean, you'll, you'll have to see if he gets a chance, I guess, right? Because I think the, the Sancho thing as well, and it's come with a lot of stuff, but you, there's so much you won't know that's happened there and that won't come out and all that, and it's, it's quite hard, I guess, to like... Like I'm, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying this is what Jaden Sancho needs to do or this is what like because I don't know like very few people know what's what's happening behind the scenes mm. and I guess the only thing you can judge on is when he actually plays and that's been the problem for him like when he has played apart from one very good goal against Liverpool <laughs> I guess I say uh, yeah he's he's not really been like the player that obviously excited everyone for Dortmund so. That's enough on Jaden. Uh, now let's get to the real stuff, right? Um, so the first question I'm going to ask the the table today: uh, We are talking about our favourite acts of shithousery, um, and I'm pretty sure by now, if you listen to this, you know what shithousery means. You know the sort of the act of the dark art, something from an opponent that maybe bends the rules, maybe even breaks the rules a little bit, just to sort of get their sort of a little edge. And you know the the, the example I would use is I love when you know. Um, a player gets substituted and the time waste. He uh, goes and shakes the ref's hand, thanks him for a good game, uh, takes his shin pads off before he leaves the pitch. Love all that. Uh, I'm going to come to you on it first, Dan. Um, tell me, what's your favourite act of shithousery? <laughs> that was very partridge, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? Who's with you? <laughs> well, as a Manchester City fan, you probably know what I'm going to say here, don't you? Don't Do you know what I'm going to say? Do you know what I'm going to say? Mm, no, I don't think so. Tactical foul. Yes! Uh, <laughs> when I get that feeling, I get tactical fouling. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say alleged money laundry, but we'll take tactical fouls. Is that shit, Halsey? 
Does that call fall to the category? Financial shit. Kind of fraud, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know I don't I don't understand all the pearl, pearl clutching when it comes to tactical fouling. Personally, I think it's uh, it's an art form, and players that do it well uh, should be respected for that. You know, people used to complain about Fernandinho at City and yeah. the way that he did it. Now it's Rodri everyone complains about. How does he escape a booking every week? Because he's clever. That's how. <laughs> Some people aren't clever when they do it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to name the journalist, but I remember there was one guy on Twitter last year who was saying that a tactical foul should be a straight red card. And I'm like, how the hell are you going to police <laughs> that? And why? And like, why is that? The punishment does not fit the crime at all there, does it? So <laughs> for me, I think it's uh, I think it's good. I think the yellow card is a adequate punishment for it if you are caught. I don't know how Rodri gets away with it a lot of the time sometimes, but he does. So, yeah. I don't believe it should be a red card for it, but, but is it clever or is it a more a case of referees not doing their jobs properly? In terms of, you know, Rodri Fernandinho are very good at making three or four of these fouls before even getting picked up on it. Joel Linton's another one, for example, plays mm-hmm. in Newcastle, is very good at it. Is it not just a case of referees maybe either not doing their jobs properly and also maybe giving some players preferential treatments over others? How dare you suggest that referees aren't doing their jobs properly? <laughs> <laughs> That's scandalous. The referees have got it hard enough, by the way, Joel, without you piling in as yeah. well. I don't really care what I'm saying, by the way. <laughs> you listen to this. Howard Webb's got sleepless nights over listening to this, by the way. So, okay. get what you mean, though, like... You do wonder if a Bournemouth players maybe tried to, to, would they get the same leeway as like somebody like a Rodri or a Fernandinho? Do? Well, Dan said, Dan said he thinks a yellow, like it's fine, it's part of the game. But I guess that's the thing, right? It's like but players do it a lot of the time and don't get a yellow card. And then that's when I guess people are like, yeah. hold on a minute. All we're asking for is consistency. <laughs> yeah. But you, you see referees sometimes where they go in too early with the yellow, don't they? And make a rod for their own back and sort of like, then there's another challenge and you go, I don't want to send the guy off for two sort of like, yeah, pretty shit, you yeah. know, pretty pretty innocuous challenges basically. Mm. Tell Takahiro Tomiyasu that. Yeah, that's a good example, a good recent yeah. example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he got booked for like a foul throw or something. No, he, so. the, Arsenal took... I think it was 24 seconds over oh, a throw-in. Yeah, yeah. But he, he didn't even take as long as someone else. But then he was handed the ball and he I think Tommy Yosha had the ball for seven or eight seconds and then got booked for not taking the throw quickly enough. It was really just an accumulation of other players not right, taking the throw quickly enough. And then he yeah. just sort of took the brunt of it from the ref and then got fa- booked again for what, I mean, if that was even a, a foul or a tactical foul, yeah. I don't know. But obviously that's what the ref saw it as and then booked him again. Yeah, like we don't want to see. That's the none of us, I think, want to watch football, and it's a, mm. it's reduced to ten v eleven all the time, right? That's what I've been watching all season. To be honest, Liverpool. So, thank you. Are we going to make a case for a sin bin here again? Then is that the, is that where we're going with this? Let's not bring the rugby world cup into this. No, no, <laughs> Padre, yeah. what is your favourite act of shit house? Any? Well, I, I don't. I struggled on it because I, I'm not a fan of shit house, really, Joel. I like the game to be played. <laughs> And a nice, clean, as, as the Lord intended. Yeah, as, as, the good, as the good Lord intended, the beautiful game to be played as. A bit like the rugby lad. But the, I do have one specific example which I thought was outstanding. Was uh, do you remember the one a few years ago with Harry Arter, and he got in a lot of shit for it, where Watford were playing Bournemouth, and Chalaba had went had like the ball rolling towards him in the box, and he was lining it up to shoot. And Harry Arter was behind him and he pretended he was a Watford player. And she was like, leave it. And like Chalabert <laughs> left it. And then Harry Arter picked up the ball and ran away. And I was like, that's 
That's good <laughs> shit, Hosiery. That's that's genius. You probably don't, but that was like a really specific one. And you that was a really yellow card at like amateur football. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah you had to like put your name on yeah. it. Or else, yeah, it was you. You couldn't shout "Leave it" or "My ball" or whatever. Yeah, is that is that bad or is that just Chalaba being stupid in that situation? You should know what his teammates sound like. Yeah, but, yeah I don't know, but I, it's I enjoyed cheeky. that. It's definitely cheeky. Lewis, what would you say is your personal favourite after the dark arts? Had a had a couple. I think I'll try to choose from, uh, but I'm gonna go with. I just really love watching a player who's usually his team's ahead. The other team has started to get annoyed. They've started to kick him a little bit or kick a few of them, and he just flashes a massive grin their way, <laughs> and like that is just something that brings like a childish joy out of me. Just seeing, I think as a, as an Arsenal fan over the years. People would probably uh, associate him with a hothead, but Granite Xhaka had mastered the art of if his team was ahead and someone was trying to wind him up, because obviously, you know, maybe that's your route back into the game is to get Granite Xhaka on a booking um, and he'd just sort of lay on the floor after he'd been kicked and look up at Harry Winks and flash him a set of pearly whites. <laughs> and obviously it would just wind up the opposition more and more and more every time he did it. So, yeah, there's a, I, I think there's a real pleasure to be taken in Footballers not getting dragged into the idea of getting wound up and then just actually the person that's trying to wind them up gets more and more aggravated themselves. That's just reminded me of a good recent example of something like that. Did you see the James Madison thing against Bournemouth? Yeah, when he went when to he take the, the corner, corner outside the, yeah. what do you call it? Quadrant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the fans, and he sort of smashed, flashed him a smile. So, yeah. <laughs> more of that in football. <laughs> yeah. My man immediately went to the Mario Balotelli photo where he plays for City and... Uh, You've got Ferd and now. Oh, and he's winking at the yeah. bunch of <laughs> crowd around him. He's just like grinning to the camera. Like he knows where the camera is, by the way. It was made for a perfect shot. Right, well, we've got three examples there. We'll throw them forward. If you know, if you have some examples yourself, listener, um, feel free to get in touch on Twitter. Listen, or- Let's hope for plural, right? <laughs> that one night. Nice. Trying to make it personal. One person out there. Speak down to your mum. She's going to be the one listening to this time. Don't worry about it. Um, and you know, while well, well, I mentioned Twitter, if you have any good feedback on today's show, feel free to get in touch on at Joel S. Murray. And if you have any bad feedback, feel free to get in touch on at Fussball Dan. Right? <laughs> it's all there for you. Right, on to our next subject. Um, I'm asking the lads and to yourselves listening, uh, yourselves that is, um, that, you know, let, let's say for example, you are put in front of the decision makers in football, whether you know that. FIFA, UEFA, all sort of pencil pushes. The IFAB. The IFAB. <laughs> You've got a chance to make an impact on football, change something um, to do with the game that can sort of make it better. I've asked them uh, if you could pick one rule you could ch- bring into football or take away from football. Uh, the floor is yours, guys. You can you know, have a real impact on the game. You know, We all love our game, but it's fair to say modern football is... Maybe a bit tampered when we do have money launderers. <laughs> we do have clubs that have died from, you know, the likes of Berry, who have had owners who have taken them into the ground. We have alleged. I can think of one. And we also have clubs that refuse to die, um, okay. who keep, fail to get relegated every season, even though they should, like Everton. So, right. This isn't a Liverpool podcast, by the way. You can't just say Everton should get relegated. <laughs> That's not what we're using it for. Is that so, the rule you're going to implement? <laughs> F. Joel, calm down. Like... Use your inhaler. <laughs> <laughs> Podrick, 
You've got one chance to change football. What rule are you bringing in? Or I feel like I should play the uh, Eight Mile music. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I'm Arsene Wenger, is it? Is that what I am right yeah, now? Because I said you actually do stuff. He is. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> um, if, if I could change one thing. Well, mine's is kind of like twofold-ish, but I didn't take it as seriously and now I kind of regret it. I, I went more in terms of like, the rules of the game. It's your interpretation, mate. Yes, that's true. So I think if a cup game is level at the end of 90 minutes, just put it straight to penalties. I'm sick of extra. If you can't score against each other in 90 minutes... Oh, no, you might have. Maybe 2-2. World Cup final. Penalty shootout. Straight to penalties. Straight away. Is extra time ever good? Yeah. No, but it's it's a more fair way to decide the game, isn't it? I think think 90 minutes is a long enough time these days. These days, it's always, it's always been. Minutes has always been. Ninety minutes. minutes has never been longer or shorter than it is now. Well, actually, when you when you say that though, but then with the amount of time I guess True. they're adding on, you True. you should be getting your actual ninety minutes of game time. And if you can't be separated in that time, I don't want to watch another thirty. <laughs> they tried it with the golden goal. Right, yeah. yeah, the golden goal would have been good, but then I guess teams were just too afraid to concede yeah. the golden goal, so that was good. So I would put it straight to penalties, and this is my second little change. Do you remember those mad penalties they used to take in America in like the nineties, yeah. where you had like yeah. ten yeah. seconds from the half? Like, I want that. I love that. It's a great laugh. Like a hockey, they do that in hockey, yeah. right? The same sort of penalty. That basically. brings more an element of skill to penalties. Yeah, also. exactly. It's yeah. less of a yeah, less oh, a lottery, if if you will. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be a lot more fun. And I would. It, it's even more fun then if it gets down to like. Centre halves and the goalkeepers are having to run up from the run up from the halfway line. So I would love to see a Surely World Cup final decided. That by line, by That's a long way to run, completely unchallenged <laughs> for no reason. Is that is that not where they start? Well, I'm pretty sure I'm, they do. It, I'm it? in charge anyway, so remember, <laughs> yes, it's my my rule. So it is, it's not ten seconds. The goal. Hmm? To not shout for a silver goal, would you? No, we tried that as well, didn't yeah, we? That was that again? It was not if you scored it in the first half of extra time. Didn't, the, didn't you didn't play the second yeah, half? Yeah, if you were ahead at the and uh, yeah, oh, half time and extra time, then the game. Your two thousand four was the last time that you used it. The Greece one, completely pointless, really. Yeah, compared to the golden goal, like <laughs> yeah, golden goal. Does, goal, does the penalty shootout need fixing? Because they did try it with that AB one, which I thought was shit. Yeah, but but they is tried there something that, else they, they should do? Do you think to it? To make it a bit more even, or I don't know, is it even enough as it is? I don't know. The, yeah, I, w- I would seem like, to go away very fast. As well. I would like we see goalkeepers get changed in like the hundred nineteenth minute of the game because the goalkeeper's better on penalties. Scrap it. Just like just say if it goes to penalties, you can put whoever you want in goal. I'd like to see that happen. Mm. It's like well, if you've got like a then you've got a real value in having a goalkeeper on the bench who's like a penalty specialist, mm. and then you could put them on just for the shootout. But you don't have to like panic and make the sub with three minutes of extra time left. I assume it would have to be like someone within your squad. You couldn't just get anyone in the world. Yes, ask the crowd. <laughs> Celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask the ref to go and go for you. <laughs> Luka Doncic or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> He's seven foot eight. Dan, would you would you make the case you, you were fighting for extra time a minute ago, but would you make the case that they shouldn't scrap extra time? Or? I just think going straight to penalties, I, I appreciate that it's fine for the Carabao Cups of this world. But I think, you know, when it comes to real serious stuff, like, you know, if you lost a World Cup final, for example, or a Champions League final on penalties after a very tight 90 minutes, I would feel a bit 
Uh, I'd be shortchanged by that personally. It would be a bit unfair. And you'd maybe see a more surprises as well. But I mean, it's, has it really happened since they changed it in the Carabao? Has there been like... But you just think like if you know you can get to 90 minutes and then you've got a chance in penalties, could get some wild results. Could get somebody mad winning the World Cup. <laughs> like England. <laughs> Lewis, what rule change would you make? Right. Football pitches are the same size they've been for donkey's years, but we all say that football is about, like, they're athletically, the fitness and stuff. I said about 10 minutes ago that I don't want to see 10 v 11. I want to see 10 v 10. <laughs> I think, like, it's... You want to eliminate a player? That sounds like you're going to have someone <laughs> taken out <laughs> the back. And... <laughs> no, not eliminate. I'd like to see, I'd like to see 10 v 10. I, I think... The game could be a lot more interesting. I think we've sort of wonder if we've reached a point like, you know, tactically where everyone everyone tries to do like the pep thing, keep the ball and, and block the middle of the pitch and you know, get with the stop counterattacks, you funnel the funnel the fullbacks inside and all of that stuff. And the underdog can just sit back with eleven and it's quite a lot of players when they're all massive, brilliant athletes to really clog up the middle of the pitch and, and funnel teams out wide and, and hard to break down. I think we'd get more exciting results and more exciting football, more exciting games if it was 10v10. As I say, the pitch is sort of the pitch is the same size that it's been for all this time, but everybody's bigger and more athletic than they were 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years ago. So the, the pitch are like, you know, the pitch is sort of smaller almost. It's sort of in a way, because they can cover the ground better and for longer. So 10v10 feels like quite a natural movement to me. But wouldn't the team that is trying to put the men behind the ball just put nine men behind the ball instead on the goal? Yeah, but it'd be harder for them. There'd be more space. It'd, it'd, it'd be harder for them. And then when they, and when they can, and when they nick the ball and they can hit them on the break, there's more to attack. There's more space to attack on the break. Oh, but what would it do to like... Formations and I don't know. It's mad. That's, that's what I, I want to find. That's what I want to find out. I don't. I have no idea. It. What would happen to the four-three-three? Like, what would what would you do? I think it's a great question. I'd love to see. I'm sure Pep, like Pep, you'd Pep get, would be like, out of business. Ed, Edison, Edison <laughs> would play centre back, right? If like if City had the ball, Edison would play centre back, so he'd still have the same outfield set up. That'd be class. Uh, Every time you win the ball, you could score. Like the goalie's on the halfway line. <laughs> That is the sound of general scepticism around the studio, isn't it? <laughs> well, I quite like, maybe you could trial it in the Carabao Cup or something. You know, like, <laughs> it's always the Carabao Cup. Yeah. The Carabao Cup be a petri dish of football. That's, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, that's, that's a bit, a great if, idea. If we're keeping the Carabao Cup, which in yeah. my opinion we just shouldn't. And it should be a it should be an eternal sponsorship deal. Yeah. Carabao should sponsor forever. If the company goes bust, then yeah. we just name it after the animal. Yeah. <laughs> But that mode on um, the, the video game, formerly known as FIFA, <laughs> where if you score a goal, you lose a player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. City are beating Burton Albion 9-0, but they've only got two men left to defend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 Pep screaming at his players yeah. not to score a goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah two is enough, lads. Two is enough. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I just think we... Like, um, like, like, the, like what you said about the formations as well, Podrick, like... That's exactly why I'd like this change. I'd like to see what people would do to come up with solving the new problem. I don't know if football has any more new problems that need to be solved, so let's throw a massive one in there. <laughs> yeah, let's create some. <laughs> <laughs> 
My, mine is kind of similar, actually, and long-time listeners to the podcast will have heard me bang on about this several times. But I think there should be a 12-yard box inside the 18-yard box, and only offences committed inside that 12-yard box result in a penalty. Because I think there's too yeah. many penalties, too many bullshit penalties where it's like a handball just inside the area, yeah. and you get a free shot, a goal for 12 yards. Like, as I said earlier, the punishment doesn't fit the crime there for mm. me. So you'd have that, and then anything outside... The 12 yards within the 18 yards would be a direct free kick at goal, which Ooh. would be really fun as well. You'd have a really close direct just, free just kick. Just get rid of the... Yeah. So you just... Would you get rid of the 18-yard box no, no, and like keep replace the, it with the 12-yard box? Well, I suppose, you, I suppose you wouldn't need the 18-yard box, would you, in that case? So maybe just have six yards, which is just for, like, goal kicks. Yeah, so just get rid of that as well. <laughs> get rid of it all. Just 12-yard yeah. box, yeah. Get rid of the box. Just, just, yeah. just the pitch. Let's we, not we box just the game. Like, <laughs> let's just change the pitch and it's just... One semicircle. <laughs> yeah, why not? Like, why why do we goal? even need yeah. the uh, you know that the circle around like the, the center? So why do we need that? That's only used for kickoff, right? Yeah, exactly. For players not encroaching the kickoff. Sciences. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the mas- the, 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 all the sad mascots wouldn't know where to stand. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that though when you're on a bit like those kind of ones. Do you know when you used to get you hardly ever see it, but it's one of those things when you do. I always love the. If a goalkeeper picks up a pass back, and you'd always get the indirect free kick from like four yards out. It's just the no, you really <laughs> don't. A legion of players on the line. I do have a more kind of philosophical answer to the question as well, which is sort of a wider implications for the game. And we all know that you know money spending stuff is out of control in football, don't we? It's fucking ridiculous. And you know, I wonder what started that. Well, it wasn't us. <laughs> we didn't start the fire, baby. It's always been burning since the world's been turning. I'll tell you that for nothing. And, you know, as a Manchester City fan, I personally think the one attempt to control rampant spending and inflation in football, financial fair play, is a complete crock of shit and just isn't fair at all and just protects a certain level of club and never allows other clubs to compete. So what I would do is really simplify it, probably oversimplify it, but have a spending cap every season for every club in the world it applies to every club I don't know what currency we do it in necessarily and I don't even know what the figure would be but let's say you could only spend 150 million euros net per summer every club is restricted to that same amount of spending people can invest as much money as they want in the infrastructure of the club training ground academy all that sort of stuff but when it comes to transfer spend you can only spend 150 million net per year it would bring prices down on transfers it would Whole inflation. There's probably loads of reasons why it wouldn't work, and it probably is really too simple. But that's what I would say. I think the way football is going, there is going to have to be a salary cap or something of yeah. of what you're saying at some point. See, if- just to jump in there, I think salary cap is unfair because I think football is one of the few industries in the world where the workers are complex. Uh, co- trying to say compensated, compensated adequately. Yeah. You know, compared to the actual yeah. m- does, amount does, of the industry, so the, I think footballers, compared with the amount of money, but, you, but they are, but they are in like the NBA as well, and but there's a salary cap there too. Like there's a limit on what, True, yeah. what teams can spend. And football, obviously, is the problem with football is you have different leagues, right? Like the NBA is the NBA or NFL, yeah. or whatever they all, and it's all just like its own thing. And obviously, football, you got La Liga and the Premier League and the Bundesliga and Serie A, and that's just the major ones in Europe and like it's a global thing like that's you know you've got UEFA and then you go outside of UEFA it's like who who implements what rules and how and why would UEFA 
I guess why would UEFA bring in a salary cap? Because it's only going to hurt UEFA teams and then players are going to go to Saudi Arabia or MLS yeah. more maybe because... But I, like, I personally, I would love to see it because I think it's... We all grew up in a time where like it was... We were not far removed or like it was sort of just possible still. Um, this like Leicester miracle thing. Like it was very normal. Like around the time that we were all like kids or, or or around the time we were all born really like teams would come up from division two and quite often immediately compete for the title mm. and i think it's shit like it's a closed shop there are six teams realistically newcastle or one tottenham or not <laughs> that, that can ever win the title in england like realistically speaking there are six teams that can ever win the title in england how shit is that? Like all the great work that like Brighton and Brentford have done over the past while, get up through the through the pyramid. Fantastic teams they've put together, really good managers. They've lost players and managers, and they've replaced them brilliantly. I think for me, they're by like quite obviously the two smartest clubs in England, mm. and they are fucking miles away from ever being able to compete for even a Champions League spot, mm. probably. So let alone think, win the league. To bring that back around to. Open the shop back up. Do you think sort of what Dan is alluding to there is the way to go, or do you implement your own sort of thing, like or something else? I'll tell you what, mate. If I could figure that out, I don't think I'd be sat in this room. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about transfer spending or because like I don't know. I think you can just pick up flaws in anything, right? Like if it's a salary cap, then still like. City and Chelsea can spend more on transfer fees than other clubs. So they'll still get the best players because they can spend more and then, you know, whatever you, however they work around the salary cap. We'll find out if you did something with the with um, with transfer fees instead, then you get players winding down their contract and going on a free and then they'll go to the highest bidder on a free instead. And then it'll be Man City offering the biggest wages or, or Man United maybe or whatever. Like... It's just shit how it is right now. I think I think it's rubbish. Like I think it's rubbish in England, and I think it's rubbish outside of England that a Red Star Belgrade or a Marseille are never going to get to the Champions League final again. Like they'd have to do years and years of absolutely perfect work, and then like the year that Leicester won the league, hope that all of the richer clubs <laughs> all fucked up at exactly the same time. But it's just not going to happen. And it's, yeah, it's, but it, it sucks. did happen. That's all we can hold hope on. Like Leicester, it did happen. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen in the Champions League, though. You're right. Like, it's just... And even yeah, more so now, the way it's going to go. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's that's the other thing, right? I guess all these rule changes that actually happen, not the ones we're talking about, like, they only ever serve to solidify like the positions the of the clubs. You know, what, we're going to... Next season, is it? We're going to have five Premier League teams in the Champions League every year instead of four, because... You're going to get teams who are, who are because of the coefficient, and then the two what two countries will get an extra spot, mm. and then you'll get imagine imagine Liverpool win the Champions League and don't finish in the top five in England. They finish sixth like they did last season. Then do you, was it sixth or fifth? Fifth, sixth, fifth. But but it's like not beyond the rose of possibility, right? Man United or Liverpool win the Champions League but finish sixth in the Premier League because it's so competitive, and then you'll end up with six Premier League teams in the. 
Champions League and just so, happen when you won it in 06 and you finish outside the Champions League places we yeah we had to qualify from the first qualifying round and there was fit five teams on men's because Everton did finish fourth that year and they finally had... some praise for Everton <laughs> from he was then about to talk yeah. about how they lost their playoff they, 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 yeah, they did lose their playoff against Villarreal and they still blame Kalina to this day you know it wasn't his fault they were shit um, <laughs> Podrick I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit There'll be like a lot of listeners to to this who, you know, maybe do support big European clubs who, you know, maybe support like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester City, <laughs> yeah, you know, the you know, Arsenal's of the world, who will be like listening to to us sort of bang on about you know how good it was when Leicester won the league and how nice it would be if someone like Red Star had a chance of winning it again. And they they will be like, well, no, we want to see the, the biggest teams and the biggest the biggest clubs, the best players play, and and we want to watch Barcelona v Real Madrid in the semi finals of the Champions League, not Red Star v Man City when that could go one way. Why do you think it, it what we're saying is maybe not the right answer, but a positive one? Why why should we? We're trying to convince a listener here who doesn't like what we're saying. How would you go about doing that? I don't know, let them go play FIFA if that's what they want to do. They just want the best teams and the best players all playing against each other. And, uh, I don't know. What's the Scottish Premiership? Yeah, come watch the Scottish Premiership. Yeah, exactly. That's not a real Super League. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's... Are, are we being too romantic? Or is it yeah, going to be too romantic? Take it from a man who's very romantic. Okay. I don't know, it's like, because it, it's an argument. At, I wouldn't want to put that for like I would get bored of watching that's why like last season's Champions League was actually quite enjoyable but you needed the draw to go that way mm. where you got City were on one side who you apart from Bayern and you kind of fancied that they were going to win that anyway mm. and then you had a lot of the underdog it was Benfica and Napoli and the two Milan clubs were all on the other one and you were like oh that's quite good we're going to get team we don't expect to be in the final and then we got a Milan derby out of the semi-finals so maybe maybe we need to like I don't know seed the draw rig the draws I was going to say seed <laughs> seed the draws even further into the knockouts maybe that could be a way of like trying to funnel teams towards the final and keep it romantic but that's, that's, a, that's another one like we're moving away from Champions League group stage the way it is next season anyway but that, for example, I'd like to say that's just not seeded. Just like, just free for all. Sorry, get rid of the group stage. <coughs> well, yeah, get rid of the group stage. Yeah. Go back to how it was years ago before the before the Champions League. Ah, or, champions or, only. I like that. Or just like not. Or just don't seed it. Like, I mean, there is some of the have, have a group stage. Champions League. It could get Bayern Munich, Man United. You've I mean, they're, they're in the same group. <laughs> yeah, they're in the same group anyway. But yeah. they're in the group with Galatasaray and who? No, yeah. like, why? Why can't they also get PSG and Barcelona in that group? Like, why can't they? Why can't you get Man City, Barcelona? But like, I get think rid of this. UEFA would have a Sean Connery if you had a Champions League group of Panathinaikos, Malmo, <laughs> Bruges, and Rangers. That'd be a disaster. Sure. Well, they'll get if they're if they're not good enough to win the Champions League, they'll get knocked out at some point, won't they? Like yeah, that's that what would, I mean. That like, it's, it's a great idea, but it would never get voted through. Oh, it would never. Like, all course. the clubs would be completely <laughs> yeah. against it. Also, obviously. as much as we're being romantic, but would, would you want to watch any of the games in that group? <laughs> not with the fans of <laughs> no, but, like, Cross Bruges, Rangers. But, 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 we've would just want said to watch. That and, what, and we've said we want we want those clubs 
Well, we don't want it taken away. Like, we don't want it to be made completely impossible for them to have a run in the Champions League, right? Well, if you chuck Panathinaikos in a group with Barcelona and Man United, they're never going to get out of the group. Mm. Hoisted I, by my own petard. It's, it's bringing it back to yourself. Patrick, you support a football club, Celtic, who are very historic, have won the European Cup. You know, That's win, win, win the league, won the league last season, have a chance to win the league every season. But then when it gets to the Champions League. <laughs> Every summer comes around, <laughs> and I, I hope that this will be the year. But, but yeah, you, uh, it's probably not being too dismissive to say, you know, where are your limitations of the Champions League? It's getting into the what about to find out? <laughs> <laughs> getting into the knockout rounds at, at the moment from the way the football is right now seems like would be an incredible achievement. But that yeah. probably shouldn't be the case, should it? Well, probably not. But I mean, even then, that's how that's how bad like resources and stuff are so managed. Like. You'd talk to a lot of Celtic fans, and they would probably say the same that you don't even want to almost qualify out of the group. Because if you do, by some miracle, and it would be like we would have had to punch them above our weight. I mean, this season's group's not too bad, but those three teams are all still better than, than we are. To do what? Get into the last 16 and draw PSG and get beat 6 0, whole man away. <laughs> like, that's. Where's the fun in that? Whereas you finished third in the Europa League, and this is why I didn't refuse to turn my nose up at the Conference League. <laughs> but I, that's a whole other argument about how that probably shouldn't be for teams like West Ham and Fiorentina winning that. What, what you're saying is completely correct, but then it is also it's quite sad that yeah. your limitations is right. Your 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 highest expectations is okay. We might get twatted by PSG. You know, well, if any Saudi or Qatari. Billionaires out there want to want to come and give us that sweet sweet money, but I mean that's... his morals too quickly went down. Well, the well, you know, you know, no, like that's what I mean. Unless you like, and that's never going to happen. But it's basically what you would need. You'd need because TV deals never going to do it. Um, shit, you would basically need that massive influx from it, which nobody would want anyway. So yeah, I mean. That is the thing. Like every year, you I always because our record in Europe is appalling anyway. Um, you're like that's how you want to measure yourself. Like it's all well and good. I mean, it's brilliant winning domestically, but yeah, you want to challenge yourself and see where you stand against the best teams in Europe. And yeah, if you don't measure up, you don't measure up. So <laughs> <laughs> the conclusion is football is fucked. But what, what, can, what can we do about it? We're just four lads in the room in Berlin. We have no power. Um, to round off the show today, I've asked the lads to um, bin a certain football chance. One football chanter might really get on their nerves. They really hate. And you, if you listen to this, you're thinking, you can think of what it pops into your head. And it's Sweet Caroline. That is, yeah, that is the answer. Um, <laughs> let us know if you hate a particular football chant. But yeah, we're going to go around the room and ask someone if they can put where one football chant consign it to history, never to be heard it or sung again by any football club. What would that be? <laughs> Lewis, what one would that be for you? Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. 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 I thought you were going to say the really slow version of when the Spurs go marching in as well. That's oh, no, because we, we like to do a version where we mock it and ah, sing okay. we won the league at White Hart Lane. Ah, um, Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. 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 Uh, come on. Who What's the, the next line in that one again? That? <laughs> <laughs> There's like Seriously. verses to that, no? What's the, next, what's the next verse? But it's nothing. Like, there are there are chants where people, like, passionately 
shout just shout the name of the team over and over again and it does you're in the stadium and it, you do sort of feel something like I always enjoy after um well, in bubbles when we're, when the West Ham fans and then just shout United 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 I think that sounds really good I think it, there's a there's a passion there's like a pride to it the Chelsea one just sends you to sleep do you um, think Raheem Sterling's hearing that and, and going yeah I am ready to play it pumps him up yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's, don't um, we also have one that's, that's like Chelsea Chelsea Chelsea, Chelsea. Was that, was that like an FA Cup song? It's the same one. Could be. No, it's not. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they have any other songs. Um, All the money they've spent on players, they could be commissioning musical artists to, be, yeah. to come up with something new. <laughs> Patrick, what song are you putting in the big? That was going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe anything with uh, Sloop John B. Oh, my yeah. Damn it, we're just stealing from each other. It's just so boring. And usually the words are just some terrible. I used to like that song as well. The yeah, Beach the Beach Boys. Boys it's, yeah. it's ruined for me now forever. For, yeah. for any listeners that might not be familiar with said song, because someone gives a rendition of it. Harry King is one of my own, that was for yeah. Yeah, like yeah, like that. Yeah. Just it's just the word. Was it any for a while? That he never. scores when he wants, and then it was just every team in the country, their top scorer. Like people just started singing that every time they scored a goal again. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like it was a couple of clubs started it, but then everybody started yeah. to do the exact same thing, yeah. just replacing like, one player's yeah. name with their player's. Or they do the this is a shithole. I want to go and just yeah. put town name or say yeah. name of the team you're playing. I'm. Uh, Thankfully, it's not a problem <laughs> in Scottish football. <laughs> I, I also hate it. Any song that has like the words like "We've got," like we used to sing, "We've got Robinho." Did you have one to Ozil as well? That was like a bit like that. We've got Ozil. Yeah, and then City fans sing, "We've got Guardiola." I just think it sounds really childish to be like, "We've got." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're collecting football stickers or something. Like, it, just like, it just makes grown men sound like little children. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the general concept of football chants a bit childish, probably. But it's all it's all part of the fun. Isn't it? Imagine football without singing. That would be yeah, weird. It's all part of fun, except these ones, which are shit. And yeah. be <laughs> don't don't they call that the Etihad football? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know who I was going to decide to I, go. I, said, I just learned that Massey have songs. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, I was considering. Blue Moon for this not because I really like Blue Moon I really like the song and I think it, it makes a really good anthem but the version played at City is hideous the rock version yeah super like I feel like the <laughs> the the sort of original like it's such a good idea for a football club anthem and you've took a really good idea and just ruined it basically yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that I don't mind it really it's sort of a bit of a it gets the crowd going a little bit before the game but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind it. I like Blue Moon in general. Funnily enough, there was like a poll going around on Twitter yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, where they were saying who's got the best anthem. And it was like, Blue Moon, You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, North London Forever is an Arsenal team. But I'm forever blowing bubbles. And North London, what do you think about that North London Forever song? Because I hate it. Yeah. But then it's not for me. I know that. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's not aimed at me. Yeah, it's not yours. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love... The, like, I don't love the song itself. I don't. I definitely don't love the full version of the song. Which, <laughs> the the yeah. tune of it also leaves a lot to be desired. If I you think, ask me. Um, yeah. So I'm not a massive fan, but I think when you're at the Emirates now, it sounds really good, and it and it has sort of at least 
emerged sort of authentically like this mm. this song was released and fans asked the club to play it and oh, right, okay. got behind it and wanted to sing it um there's been this weird suggestion that it's like been manufactured by the club it's like well yeah they started playing it after <laughs> fans were bugging them for a couple of weeks on on social media and stuff to please play this at our next home game after people sort of caught wind of it so like it did sort of happen organically um, and yeah, ultimately, I think there are fans like who don't like it. Definitely, I'm I'm not massive on it. I'm not massively keen. On the other hand, I've always wanted the club to have like an anthem like that. I think you know wherever you go, if you hear Blue Moon at City, if you hear you never walk alone at, at Celtic and at Liverpool, like it's a great way. I'm forever blowing bubbles. It's fantastic. Like it is mm. so good when a team, when a club, a fan base has that that they sing. Spirit of the Blues. Mm. Another fine example. Has, has your never walk alone's importance been uh, diluted somewhat by the fact that Celtic, Liverpool, and Dortmund also Mainz as well. Mainz. A few other clubs in Germany. I, think. I, I prefer. Us to I associate mostly with Liverpool personally. But yeah. yeah, I don't think you'll be happy about that. But, uh, <laughs> I prefer us to sing Rihanna. Well, the, the, the front of the is during the pacemakers. Liverpool during the pacemakers. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he came out when... Do you know those guys actually have pacemakers now? Well, while we're scrutinising Man City, can I ask oh. why a Manchester club likes to sing a song called Hey Jude, sung by a band from Liverpool? Uh, Even though they people from I don't know, to be honest. I don't know where. Apparently, it's been. we've been playing it before games since the 1960s. That was a thing back then as well, right? Like, And I know that was how You Never Walk Alone like came along. It was like fans just... Before, in the 60s the 50s could they not come up with charts for their teams so they used to like just sing whatever was like in the charts and like yeah that's like and I'm sure that's how you never walk alone started that imagine it was in the charts alright well you you want Rihanna at Anfield so can you imagine a cop singing Olivia Rodrigo well, the, the best chance these days for me are the ones where it's based on an actual pop song like we had the Fleetwood Mac one last season yeah. which yeah. you claim we stole from you did you oh no you claim we stole the ABBA one from you which is absolute bollocks by the way um, <laughs> <laughs> and we had the Rhythm as a Dance one last season which was like I'll always remember last season as the yeah, yeah, the Fleetwood Mac season now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. amongst other things <laughs> Trebles are as dreams indeed. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, well, no, no, no. You didn't name yours. My my, my ch- chant that I would back. Well, yeah. I did say Sweet Caroline. Is that a chant no. or is that like pumped in I, f- externally almost? I know. Do you not like going so good, so good? I, I, it could be the, the most wool thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and I know we've spoken a lot about what the bad thing that's happening in football today, but I think teams and fans sing the Sweet Caroline could be the worst thing that's happening in football today. That should be top of Gianni Infantino's list, do you think, because things to fix. And it's either that or the Spirit of the Blues. But, uh, so I was going to ask you to explain to the listener what uh, a wool is then, but your mum's listening, she's one, so she'll I'm going to end up on your mum joke. That's been your pod- fun football podcast today. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and let us know your uh, hated chance as well.